The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Oh, yeah! This is the Cigar Authority. Have uh, you any imported cigars? The authority on everything cigar in and out of the cigar industry. We're on a mission from God. With your host, a jelly donut, David Garofalo. How did it get here? Mr. Jonathan. I hear you. And I care. Barry Stein. I can use my spare glove compartment underwear as a napkin. And Ed Sullivan. They don't have a listing for Mr. Wonderful. What uh, spelling did you use? It's time to light them up. Smoke if you got them. It's time for the Cigar Authority. I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. Light them up, light them up, light them up, everybody. It's Saturday, July 14th, and we're broadcasting live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Dave is away at the IPCPR and will be reporting on everything he finds out next week. While he's gone, we are putting another potential misconception to the test. Do thinner cigars, in fact, burn hotter than their thicker counterparts? Also, later in the show, we have attempted to smoke with a non-smoker in our car. Is there a way to keep our non-smoking friends and spouses comfortable in the car with us? That and much more. Welcome back. To the Cigar Authority. And you're listening to the Cigar Authority, now in its ninth year, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast. Awarded the Ambassadors of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine, awarded the top 10 educational podcast by Podbean four years in a row, the Cigar Authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world. It's cigar radio at its finest. The Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network, and you can catch the podcast on demand anytime or our daily blog at thecigarauthority.com. Well done, buddy. Well done. All right. The first cigar that we're going to light up today is the Camacho Liberty. And uh, this is the throwback, it is as the, I understand. Yep. It is the Camacho Liberty throwback 2005. Did you give this a 99? Uh, when I first smoked it, when it first came in, I, I'm hearing it aged well in the last three weeks according to one of our listeners, Sean Rogers. So I figured let's light it up and see what happens. But it's manufactured in Honduras by Camacho Cigars, and it measures 6 by 48 by 54 by 48. So it features a Honduran Maduro wrapper over Honduran binder and fillers, and a single cigar will set you back $21.99, while a box of 20 is just $3.95.99, which is a savings of $44 or 10% off the single price on twoguyscigars.com. If you're too far away from a brick-and-mortar retailer that carries it, try twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two, guyscigars.com. Now, is this the uh, second edition of this, or are these cigars from 2005, and they've had them, in quotes, on ice since then? It is the, the way it was explained to me. It is the blend recreated as close as possible, utilizing the tobaccos that we used in the original blend. Well, the seed strains at the very least. Exactly. Because they probably don't have any of that tobacco So, you know, rain and weather changes a little bit of the uh, subtle nuances. So it's a Honduran Puro with a Maduro wrapper on the outside. Correct. As it was in 2005. Correct. And I know you were hoping these were going to be the barber pole this year. Yeah, that would be the 2007. Right. Which was... I would say the best Camacho Liberty that they've ever done. And the second best was 2012. And I must have bought three or four boxes of those. And I've smoked them all. Now, getting the 2012 back out will be hard-pressed 
due to pending FDA regulations. But it was already on the market. If they get the substantial equivalence. Well, all I'm going to say is... They can release it now, but will it be able to exist, say, 10 years from now? That is the big question. Yeah, I just want them to release it now so I can have it again. All right. I digress. It's time to cut our cigars, and the official cutting is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand that, while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellence. Thanks, Ed Sullivan. You're welcome. <laughs> playing the part of me is Ed Sullivan. And I guess I'm playing the part of you as well, because today we're going to light the cigar with the Vertigo Glock. Hang on a second. Taste that cold draw. Tell me if you don't taste the mini blueberry muffins. Mm-hmm. Okay. 100%. Nailed it. <laughs> even... Ed Sullivan, you even agree. Yes. I... All right. Sorry to interrupt you, Barons. But... So today we are lighting up our cigar with the Vertigo Glock, which features three jets lined up in a line, the patented Vertigo big-ass tank, and a big-ass wheel on the bottom for easy adjustment of your flame. Fits perfectly in your watch pocket, and it retails for only 14 99. I'll tell you, it's a hell of a lighter for that price, man. I can't believe you both agree with me on the blueberry muffins. Yeah. Specifically the mini ones. Oh, I know. You end up with a little bit more crunchiness when you get into the larger blueberry mm -hmm. muffins. But those mini muffins, no, those soft are, all they're around. They're squishy. They're very doughy. Very squishy. But, you know, I think for the twenty one ninety nine was at the retail price, Barry? That is correct, sir. You do get the beautiful coffin box that maybe we could have Barry show. The, the and there's two colors, right? There's the, the red and the white? The red and the white. They don't have a blue? And, you the know, box that they come in is blue. I have ah, I just I an American flag there. on the top. I think one twist on this coffin is that the bottom is lined with a felt-like substance. <laughs> So you won't damage your fine I, furniture. I think that it's just called felt, Ed Sullivan. I think you can call it felt. I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, it's a felt-like substance. I have not had it analyzed scientifically, and I think this show is all about science. Uh, we're going to make our very best attempt at having mm -hmm. some science. So a recap of how we got to where we are now. Uh, it all started with... Dave and I arguing about what has been referred to now as strength gate, small cigars versus large cigars. And his contention was that the smaller cigar was stronger than the large cigar. And Barry held the same thought process. Of course, it was the right process. Mm -hmm. And that has now been proven to be incorrect. Not according to my scientist. Uh, your scientist has to have quotes around it because no one's ever <laughs> met this person. We don't know if he's real. We don't know if you made him up. He's never sent me a message on Facebook telling me I'm an idiot. And well, believe me, I get plenty of those. He listens, so go ahead, Mr. Jonathan Barbo on Facebook. Send him a message. Send Tell me him a he's message, an idiot. And I'd love to know that I'm an idiot. Uh, someone <laughs> called me an AH on, uh, yes, on YouTube in the comments. I sent it to you with great pride. Yes, and you did. By, by AH, it's not ash hole. Like no, 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 no. It was the other hole. Um and, uh, it was assorted. I will say, to Barry's credit, he offered to delete the comment, but I like the detractor so much 
that I want their, that comment to stay there forever. I just like it. So, uh, strength Before you gate. get into this, this tastes like a Malamar. I don't know what that is. Dark chocolate, marshmallow, and graham cracker. It tastes exactly like a Malamar. Berry now, can I get a little bit of blueberry in there? Can we sneak well, you, that in? Yeah, I mean, you already got your harp. No, but it, this, uh, the blueberry has persisted beyond the cold draw. Co correct. Uh, you know, I just have to agree with Barry because Dave and I were actually eating something. Uh, oh, we had the mallow cup. Oh, yeah. Right, which maybe is a little bit sweeter. Do you know the mallow cup? No, I do not. Yeah, it looks like a Reese's cup, but it's got, you know, a sort of marshmallow in the center. Instead of peanut butter. Has yeah. he announced his... Project not, not on, here, not yet. On, but he did on the Studio Twenty One podcast cafe, so it's out there. It's out there. Okay, because Dave loves the uh, snack section of the Cigar Authority so much <laughs> that he is attempting, and I'm not going to say attempting. He's creating the Snack Authority, so you're going to want to stay tuned for that. That's coming uh, shortly after the IPCPR trade show and as All a right. fat kid i want to be on that show because i have years of experience in snacks <laughs> okay I'll, I'll get to work on that it's all about snacks so peter uh wrote about strength gate before we get into the burning temperature of the embers here i wanted to uh read peter's email uh peter writes hey guys i just smoked a neanderthal so i decided to watch the strength gate episode and wanted to weigh in the problem with this debate is that you guys have a lack of definition which is Absolutely not true. Uh, both sides are presenting successful arguments. Not true. Thank you. But you haven't agreed on what you guys are specifically trying to prove in this debate. Mr. Jonathan is arguing that bigger ring-gauge cigars contain more nicotine, which is correct. Barry is arguing that smaller ring-gauge cigars impose a stronger kick of nicotine on the smoker's system in a given amount of time, which is also correct. No, it isn't. Thank you. I think... I thought I was going to hate this email. You said he proved me wrong. So far, he's agreeing with both of us. I think an example that uses alcohol is easier to understand, which we've done over and over again. Let's say person A has a glass of three ounces of whiskey, representing the smaller ring gauge, and person B has a glass of five ounces of whiskey, representing the bigger ring gauge. Person A drinks their three ounces all at once as a shot, while person B sips their drink and finishes the five ounces over the course of 15 minutes. Who consumed more alcohol? Obviously, person B. Who was going to feel more of a buzz? Obviously, person A, because Thank they you. consumed more. Uh, I'm sorry, because they forced their body to metabolize three ounces of liquor all at once. However, person B sipped their drink and metabolized small fractions of an ounce of liquor while allowing their body to catch itself up. Another good example is when a nurse administers narcotics through an IV. She pushes the needle plunger slowly and spreads it out over the course of a minute or so. If she administered the same amount of the same drug all at once, the patient could be overwhelmed by the drug entering their bloodstream instantly. Same amount of medicine, two very different results. So the real question here is exactly what are you trying to argue? The big ring gauge cigars contain more nicotine or that smaller ring gauge cigars pack a stronger nicotine kick because both of these conclusions are true. Anyway, hope this helps. Keep up the fantastic show, Peter. I'm okay with us both being right. It's not the case because you are not consuming a smaller ring gauge cigar necessarily faster. I disagree. You are smoking a smaller ring gauge quicker. No, you're not. 
a puff is a puff, right? Okay. So let's say a Corona takes 50 puffs to consume the whole thing, and a 6x60 takes 100 puffs. At the end of 50 puffs, mm -hmm. you've taken 50 puffs on both cigars. Right. Same. You've received more nicotine from the 60 ring gauge because there's more tobacco and more nicotine present, period. No, because you could say a 60 ring gauge cigar is 30% bigger than, say, a Corona. Five times 42 is, is two, two... Do you agree a puff is a puff? 230. So if you take this, I guess it's the square inches or whatever, it's 230. If you do six by 60, it's 360. It's condensed. Therefore, you're smoking it and it's getting into your system quicker. He agreed with both of us. I'm fine with that. You can be fine with it. and You, you are 100% correct that a larger ring gauge cigar does have more nicotine in it due to the size of the cigar. I am correct in saying that the smaller ring gauge cigar will affect you quicker because it's getting into you quicker. We it's are both the same right. puff. It's not getting into you quicker. 50 puffs is 50 puffs. I'm okay with us both being right. Well, if you want to you. take your toys and go home, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess that's enough of that. We'll just continue. I, I, don't, I just don't agree. Plain and simple. I don't think that Peter has made a strong enough argument for your side, and I don't think you've made a strong enough argument for your my side. My scientist made the argument for my side. Your scientist in quotes. Let's not forget <laughs> the quotes because I still haven't met him. All right. So that's how we got here. We came to the conclusion this was a show that Dave wasn't on, and we came back, and Dave said, well, everybody knows thinner ring-gauge cigars burn hotter than thick ring-gauge cigars, which doesn't make sense to me. So I decided to go out and, and do some experiments. And so the first two thermometers that I picked up, one just regular $20 instant read thermometer I broke, uh, and then I thought maybe I hadn't spent enough money on it. Well, they're not supposed to go rectally, but go on. <sighs> <laughs> and then I bought a $60, a rather nice Bluetooth thermometer, and I broke that uh, for some reason. So those wouldn't work, but I was able to get my hands on an infrared thermometer, which, since it doesn't make direct <coughs> contact with the burning ember, I was able to uh, get some preliminary readings. Um, so I used infrared and the infrared thermometer comes with a little laser to help you line up on the cigar. So you know where you're pointing it. It allows you to get a reading thermometer, uh, advertises as being able to get a reading in one second, but with, it gives you, it does give you a reading in one second, but these thermometers are not meant to read something as thin as a cigar, even a thick ring gauge cigar. They're meant to point at your manifold on your car and okay. see where, you know, where you're at. So it doesn't matter where you hit on the manifold. If that laser is touching the manifold, you're getting a good reading. The head of a cigar, especially when I was dealing with Coronas, was very tough to get a reading at first. I had to hold the cigar vertically. I had to get the laser lined up with the center. And that's how I was able to get all of my readings to happen. I experimented with several angles and found that the most consistent readings, meaning the gauge fluctuated the least, was when I angled the beam at about 45 degree angles and held steady at about 8 inches away from the head of the cigar uh, and had the laser dead center in the center of the ash, uh, again, holding the cigar vertically. All of my readings are averaged out 
and they represent the highest temperatures read during the 10 seconds that I was trying to get a read on the cigar. So if it spiked up to 450, I, it, it obviously meant, meant means that it got a reading of 450. So yes. that's what I ended up using. Even if it dropped down to 430, <laughs> I have to imagine that the it reading 450, there was 450 present. Yeah, right? it's just like going through a speed trap. You hit 74, but slow down to 70. You're getting nailed at 74. And that's, and that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, each size was tested with at least one Connecticut, one Habano or Sun Grown, and one Maduro. And then for a total of five test subjects from different brands. One brand remained the same from the Corona to the Gordo 60 ring gauge. They didn't have a 70 in that line. And then the second one was the same from the Robusto to the Super Gordo, which is the 70 ring gauge. Uh, this way, I had two complete brands represented through the experiment. Uh, the one that had the bigger ring gauges didn't go down to a Corona, and the one that had a Corona didn't go up to the super big ring gauges. But I feel confident that I got a big enough uh, collection of data that I'm accurate. So the two were within the same brand, but different Vitolas. The two. The one that went up to Super Gordo, it was all the same brand. In, yes. So I in so each, it was brand X in sizes A, B, and C, and then it was brand Y in A, B, and C. Yes. Okay. Those those two were. I tried to have some constants through the whole yep. thing, but in the Corona, I tested five different Coronas. Okay. A Connecticut, a Sun Grown, a Maduro. Uh, I think in Corona, I had. Three sun growns, but, the but question I had a is, Maduro and a, and a Connecticut in there The as brand well. that you smoked in the Corona is the same brand that you smoked in, say, a 60. One of them. One of them. Because there were five Coronas. Okay. So I kept the Corona, and when I went to the five different Robustos, right. one of those Robustos was the same blend as the Corona. You follow me? Okay. So only to me, only one of those segments gives you an accurate reading. Well, they were all accurate because I wasn't trying to see. Well, if it's a different brand, it's a different blend. If it's a different blend, the tobaccos grow at a, uh, burn at a different rate. If they burn at a different you rate. You would think that, but it turns out that within within 20 degrees Fahrenheit, plus or minus, it doesn't change that much. To me, 20 degrees is a big enough difference. Twenty degrees, But I get what you're saying. 20 degrees is a big enough difference if you're talking about 140 degrees and you're going to take a sip of coffee and you go up to 160, you're going to get a burn on the inside of your mouth. But when you're talking about burning an ember on the end of a cigar and taking a puff, it's not a noticeable difference on the palate. That's why I don't care. But anyways. Um, so I settled on that infrared thermometer, like I said, and then I found something pretty fascinating. That another misconception is that if you leave the ash on your cigar, that the cigar burns cooler. And as a result of burning cooler, you get more subtle flavors. It turns out, leaving the ash on the cigar causes the ember to burn hotter. And the reason why you get more subtlety on the flavor is because the ember doesn't go out as readily. If you ash, immediately you do see a little flare-up of red but that starts to go out because it's losing all of its heat. You follow me? And now you're going to start tasting more char than subtleties from those tobaccos. You're not going to get the blueberry if you're constantly ashing. Okay. So I get you that you're measuring the heat of the ember. Attempting to measure the heat of the ember. But that's yes. like saying I'm going to measure the heat of the sun. But a sunny day is different than a cloudy day. 
So you're not measuring the you're not measuring the heat at its source. You're measuring it at its feel point. The feel point's your mouth. I didn't measure at the mouth. I measured at the ember. So to me, the true to get if a cigar is burning hot or tasting hot would be through the mouth, because it's your mouth that's feeling the heat. It's interesting. And I, I, I do have some data about the other end, but in order for me to get a reading off the infrared thermometer that was of any consequence, I had to be within an inch of the end of the cigar. But I, I, have, I have some of that information for later. Um, why not remove the ash? Removing the ash causes the heat to leave the ember very quickly. And as you can see from my experiment later on, uh, even with a puff in between, there's way less heat on the ember immediately upon ashing. The less heat you have held in, the quicker your cigar will start to go out. Instead of tasting the flavor notes on the cigar, you end up tasting the sooty flavor of half-gone-out tobacco. Keeping the ash on one inch at a time will give you the insulation you need to keep that ember lit and burning at full temperature. When you knock it off, you need to puff more frequently to keep your cigar burning at optimum temperature for its ring gauge. I was talking to one of our customers, uh, Mike Cavey Sr., He's, a, he's big into barbecue, and he had sent me a couple of videos from different barbecue guys. And all the barbecue guys talk about when you load up your charcoal and you get it lit and you're trying to cook your pig or whatever you're roasting, you want to get the ash off that charcoal to release the heat into the meat. When we're In cigar smoking, we want to do the opposite. We want to keep the heat on that ember in the cigar as much as possible. So... Although we've been recommending right along to keep the ash on, even myself, I've been doing it for the wrong reasons. You want to keep the ash on to insulate the heat. You'll have a better flavor, and you'll have a hotter burning ember, which is going to give you more tobacco flavor than soot. Makes sense. Wow. I'll give give you props on that. Thanks, buddy. All right. What do we think of this Camacho Liberty so far? So I prefaced the show start with um, that I had smoked it. About three weeks ago. I gave it an 89 when I smoked it three weeks ago. Okay. And then Sean Rogers, a listener to the show, he agreed with my tasting notes three weeks ago. He smoked one two and a half weeks later. He said, you got to smoke it again. It's a totally different cigar. In three weeks, In it changed three weeks. that much. And I smoked it. I, I do my reviews right off the truck. Unless it's a 95-degree day. Then I wait a couple of days. But if it comes in and it's 75 degrees in the morning. Well, you're a geek and you can't help yourself. The right. cigar's there and you, you're going to smoke it now anyways. So you may as well rate it. So, and, and for the most part, they, they still have the oil show and they still have the humidity. They still have a little bit of the bounce. I'm not one of those guys that subscribe to the fact that you got to keep the cigars in your humidor for a month before you smoke it. If you do it, more power to you, but I don't think it's necessary. So when I first lit up this cigar, it... It smelled, it tasted like the box smells, which led me to believe that that. maybe it was varnished or what have you. Now when I'm smoking the cigar, I get none of that. And the smell on the coffin is less potent than it was three weeks ago. Hmm. So smoking it, and granted I'm only in a third in, that 89 to me is now balancing around a 91. We'll see how the rest of the cigar progresses. But there's none of that coffin taste to the cigar anymore. And I'm still getting hints of dark chocolate. I'm still getting a little bit of marshmallow. And unfortunately, yes, I am getting some blueberry. 
Now, as I'm looking at the cigar, so you got a red, white, and blue band. Mm-hmm. The red line is very, very thin. The white line is very, very thin. The blue is the most blueberry-looking color I've ever seen in my life on a band. Could the band be causing the blueberry flavor? See, I think a blueberry is more of a purple than a blue. I don't know, man. Under these lights, that's got a purple hue to it. Nah. Uh, nah, I disagree. But Did me, you get blueberry in your tasting notes when you did the review? No. So that's something that might have been hidden by that coffin taste that's no longer there. There was one time that I tasted the paint from uh, the cigar, from the box on a cigar. Um, never from Camacho, though. I mean, I, I wouldn't think that they would have rushed it out having not rested that box and let those VOCs escape, but maybe. But it didn't have that, that natural cedar smell. Even now, if you smell the inside of the box. The, cedar, the, the cedar's not coming through on the box. It's more of a pressed wood than, than actual the cedar. The thing about Camacho Liberty that has always stood out to me is the presence of cedar, and I'm not picking it up on this particular one. Right, and if we look at the coffins, the coffins are different now. They, they, they look manufactured versus made at the factory level. Wouldn't the, it was, isn't that the same thing? They no, were manufactured they, they, here versus they were manufactured there? These look like they were made in China, and the ones from the factory look like they were made in a cigar box factory. Okay. Well, it, it is very finished looking. And with that felt-like substance on the bottom, it really takes it to another level. Ed Sullivan, how you doing with your Camacho Liberty 2005 throwback? Well, I've been a little distracted sniffing the box at Barry's <laughs> recommendation. It's better than sniffing glue. Um, oh, maybe or not. Or is it? <laughs> maybe not. And, yeah, I'm not picking up any of that uh, box aroma on the cigar, but... Uh, I think this is a very good cigar. I haven't smoked as fast as Barry has. You know, I, I got things to do down right. here. But I would agree. I mean, his rating is right around where mine <coughs> would be based on what I've smoked, around the 90. Have you ever written uh, a review for a cigar before? Way back when, when uh, Saka had the Cigar Nexus site, I, I ended up doing one of his blind taste testings. You know, you, if, you, if you ever want to write for the Cigar Authority, I welcome it. I know you would. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, no notes of Chinese pea pods, please. <laughs> One time I tasted it. Well, maybe twice. Maybe twice. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Dave is gone for the better part of 10 days. And when he left, he believed that thinner cigars burn hotter than thick cigars. Well, I have the results from my experiments, which shocked me. Our staff here at Two Guys Smoke Shop, and yes, even Ed Sullivan. We're live in the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. There was a time when cigars were the hallmark of elegance and success. In this time gone by, the aficionado would revel in opening a beautiful box, only to find their favorite celebratory smoke emblazoned with a heritage-laden band. It's time to put the bundle down and travel back to this golden age. For your voyage, may we humbly suggest the only cigar worthy of being packaged in a handmade marble box. Berlin Wall Series, from Hammer and Sickle. Live well. 
Romeo San Andreas by Romeo y Julieta. The Romeo y Julieta love story with a bold and modern twist. America's favorite love story takes on a modern zeal with this A.J. Fernandez collaboration. Romeo San Andreas by Romeo y Julieta, crafted in Esteli, Nicaragua, is a contemporary take on the rich and robust profile of the Romeo by Romeo collection. This exceptional premium offering employs an aged San Andreas wrapper, considered one of the most flavorful leaves used in today's premium cigar market. Handcrafted in Nicaragua by cigar master A.J. Fernandez, full-flavored, dressed in a stunning San Andreas wrapper, rich in bold profile with notes of dark chocolate, spice, and licorice, and available in four sizes, Robusto, Toro, Pyramid, and Short Magnum, competitively priced under $10. Romeo San Andreas by Romeo y Julieta, the Romeo y Julieta love story with a bold and modern twist. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper, fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium diamond crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or diamond crown lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. I want to talk to you today about my friend Glenn Case from Christoph Cigars. I've known him for many years. Glenn is a very nice guy, one of the nicest guys in the industry. Always friendly, always happy. So when I heard his brand Christoph was pissed off, I was surprised. Christoph Cigars have always been known as smooth and rich, and the pissed off Christoph is just that. But there's something else happening here. A natural San Andreas wrapper, the binder, Indonesian, and the filler, Nicaraguan. And like Glenn Case, the cigar starts off sweet, but then it gets pissed off. And like Bruce Banner, you don't want to piss off Glenn Case about Christoph cigars. Or do you? Expect some spins and a nicotine kick. Strap yourself in for a ride. Pissed off Christoph is deceivingly strong. You've been warned. Sold in 10-count boxes, four sizes including Churchill, 6x60, Robusto, and Corona Gorda. The hottest new brand is the pissed-off Kristoff. Take it for a ride. Since 1964, Padron Cigars have had the same mission. With over 50 years spent to create a perfect cigar, and more than 100 years to create a perfect legacy, the Padron family understands the significance of time. Padron delivers only the finest handmade complex cigars with the flavor of the Cuban heritage, out of which the Padron recipe was born. The Padron mission is simple, exceptional quality of their cigars and not the quantity produced. As a vertically integrated family-owned company, personal attention to every detail is taken in all steps of the tobacco growing and cigar making process. 
Padrón Cigars. They give you the cigar smoker. The confidence that each cigar is the same. Perfect. Padrón Cigars. Handcrafted since 1964. I want to tell you about my friend Hochi Blanco, a fourth-generation Dominican cigar maker known for growing tobacco and producing highly acclaimed cigars for other people. If some things stay the same, other things have to change. Finally, Hochi's factory, Tabacalera Palmer, has produced the cigar that not only belongs to the factory, but pays homage to the cigar rolling room known as La Galera. The La Galera Connecticut blend is special using an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper surrounding a Dominican blend of Piloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and a varietal that Hochi named T112. With the exception of the wrapper, Hochi grows all of the La Galera tobaccos himself and carefully watches over every step. The flavor smooth, but still offering plenty of flavor in all sizes, paying homage to the people and tools used in the factory. Now for the amazing part. La Galera, Connecticut has a suggested retail price ranging from $4.95 to $6 and has been awarded the Cigar of the Year by the Cigar Authority. La Galera, Connecticut, creating their own version of the Connecticut cigar because they demand more. This is George Padron from Padron Cigars. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And we are back live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe right above Two Guys Smoke Shop here in Salem, New Hampshire. Now in our ninth year, you can find the Cigar Authority on social media. Please be our friends and subscribe and give us a five-star review. And if you want to talk a little trash about me, YouTube's the place to do it, apparently. Yeah, because you don't get to see it unless I tell you. No, I could. I can't see it on my phone for right, some I reason, mean, but I can. I could look. Right, but I don't know if that's something you check on a regular basis is what I was getting Well, at. and honestly, Barry, you take a lot of joy in pointing out these oh, things. Oh, I do. I, I did a little happy dance. <laughs> oh. I was like Snoopy in the cartoon dancing. <laughs> when, he, when he texted me, I could, the, the enjoyment that he was getting out of it was palpable, <laughs> even through the text message. So we're talking about temperature versus ring gauge, and Dave and I have differing opinions on this, uh, as we are wont to do from time to time. I think I'm on Dave's side on this one. Well, and my my analogy to him at the time was if you have a fire that you build with three pallets, mm-hmm. that's going to burn at one temperature. And if you build a fire with 10 pallets, you're going to have a different temperature, and it's probably going to be a higher temperature. Right, but at the center of the flame, the flame is going to be hotter than the outskirts of the flame. So on a 42 ring gauge, that center of the flame is more compact, so it's going to be hotter versus a 60 ring gauge where there's more room for that to disperse. And I'll tell you why I think your theory is flawed, because according to Nelson Alfonso, when you get into a 40 ring gauge cigar, there isn't enough space to put Lajero, so they typically put Viso. If there isn't enough space to put Lajero because it isn't going to burn, you are not achieving a hot enough temperature with that thin ring gauge to burn Lajero tobacco. Therefore, they use Viso for the strength component. Which is the way he does it. He's and, si- and I get it. He's you know he, he's a blender upon himself. Master blender. Yep. And he has his way of doing things. But there are cigars out there that do have Lajero. Look at the Cane Lancero. That's built on Lajero. Okay. And then now we're going to get into some information from Skip Martin that not all Lajeros are Lajeros. That... Just because it grew at the top of the plant 
doesn't mean that it's going to be strong tobacco. So just saying that something is a Lajero or a Viso doesn't necessarily mean it's going to behave like that. There are some cases where the Lajero is more toward the size of the Corona size because it's a smaller, it's the top of the plant. And it falls on the Lajero because it's at the top of the plant. But it's like you're saying, sometimes not all Lajeros are created equally. Correct. So you're going to have milder tobaccos in a thinner ring gauge cigar because they're thinner and in order to get combustion. And when you get into thicker cigars, you have enough combustible material around them to get those Lajeros to burn. Therefore, you have a hotter temperature. This is my theory. Anyways, so in doing my research, and I just want to, in the interest of full disclosure, not all Coronas are built the same. And I was hard-pressed to find Coronas that were all in the 40 ring gauge. So the Coronas that I did my tests on were from 40 to 44 ring gauge. Okay, fair enough. The Robustos, and for me, Robusto Toro didn't make a difference because we're talking about ring gauge, not length. See, I would think the length has something to do with it because the tobacco acts as a filter, a cooling down. A, a five-inch cigar has less room for but the I'm not, heat to dissipate. But I'm not, I'm not taking the temperature where our mouth goes. I'm taking the temperature where the ember is. So right. 50 and, ring gauge is 50 ring and gauge. And I think the argument from Dave's point, and I'm sure we'll hear about it when he comes back from my PCPR, is more of mouthfeel than actual ember. Maybe. Uh, the Gordos were 60 ring. And all six to six and a half inches long. And the Super Gordos were seven inches long by 70 ring gauge. Um, so I did 10 puffs in because I wanted to make sure the cigar was lit. So right around the 10 puff mark, the Coronas, and the, these are average numbers, averaged about 370 degrees Fahrenheit. Can you picture him sitting there like the owl from Tootsie Roll commercials? One, two, three, but. And then he bites the cigar. Barry, I, I will tell you, you weren't in this store. He was wandering around with his little infrared. Oh, oh so he was wandering around, so he didn't do it in the same exact no, spot. No, no, no. Wandering, holding it. Ah. But when he, he didn't do it in the same exact spot in the store. Every so therefore, time. it's floored. Because if he's underneath an air conditioned vent while the air conditioner uh -huh. on, it, the breeze is fanning the flame of the cigar. Right. Therefore, it might be burning hotter. Where if he was nowhere near a vent, there wouldn't be that pushed air onto the ember. Right. So your, your experiment it, is floored, sir. We, we, floored, I tell you. Barry, you and I have the luxury of not having done anything, so yeah, we so. can just <laughs> criticize what he did. But that's half the fun of the show, isn't it? Picking on Jonathan? I guess. Uh, so Corona's burned on average around 370. Uh, Robusto's burned around 430, 432. Uh, Gordo's I had at 541 and the Super Gordo hit 556. So the theme is as we got thicker, we also got hotter. And that makes 100% sense because there is more combustible material in, say, a 60 ring versus a 42 ring. Which is what I friggin' said at the beginning. But the question on a cigar burning hotter or not is on mouthfeel. And a thinner cigar where the heat is more channeled in a smaller section. Sean, I don't know if you have straws back there, but if you have, uh, I'd like you to put some liquid up to 212 degrees. I would like you to give Barry a stirrer, and I'd like you to give him a full-size straw, and I would like him to pull through those two. I will do it. And see if he burns his mouth, but the, the water has to be close to 212. 
So get to work on that. But you have, you have to wait till the uh, Don Raphael offer of the day because I want to see how much money he's going to give me to do this. Mm-hmm. But I will do I it. I got about 200 bucks on me. Just giving you a fair warning. Um, all right. So this is where I discovered the next piece is at a half an inch, I wanted to know half an inch of ash if the temperature of that ember went up or down, right? So I've got the Corona originally burning around 370, now burning at 430. The Robusto slash Toros were at 438. The Gordos, uh, 579, 580. And the uh, Super Gordo was at 590. So they all went up, what, like 7 to 10%? Give or take. Okay. Holding a half an inch of ash on it. So this tells me that that ash is doing something temperature-wise. At an inch of ash, the Coronas were all the way up to 486. Uh, the Robusto Toros were coming in right around 500. The, uh, I'm sorry, 550. They were coming in at 550. The Gordos were coming in at 620, 621. And the Super Gordos were maxing out at 688. And then... The real test on this theory is what happens when you tap the ash. So, <laughs> tap it. <laughs> I don't know if people at home tap, could hear Sean. Tap. but Sean Coin yelling out in the background, <laughs> tap that ash. He got a little into it there. Uh, the Corona, after that first tap, dropped from 480s to 410, 412. The Robustos dropped down to 460. The Gordos were around 590. And the Super Gordo was 610, 611. So, now that surprises me. Well, it, it surprised me at first, too, because I, I, I kind of go into my little experiments with an open mind. I'm not looking to prove myself right or wrong. I want to know what the information is. It just always comes out that yeah, you're right. Yeah, it just always comes out that he's right. <laughs> I would like to say, in the interest of full disclosure. Mr. Jonathan, I can't be wrong, Barbara. Go on. Before I had made that declaration on yeah. the show with Dave, I already owned the thermometer. I had already started some preliminary tests, so I was pretty confident that the hot, the thicker the cigar was, the hotter it would burn. But See, like for me, fire needs oxygen to live. If you've ever watched the movie Backdraft, you understand that. Yeah. So the fact that the ash comes off and there's more oxygen feeding the fire, I would have thought that the temperature went up, not down. Well, here's what happens. The temperature goes up when you take a puff. So let's say you puff it up to 500 degrees. The ash being on there helps maintain that 500 degrees. Mm-hmm. You wipe the ash off and you take a puff. The, the heat dissipates, so you start dropping to 450 right away. So, so I, the ash acts as an insulator. Correct. I guess you can look at the ash as the oven door. I guess you could. Yeah. Once you open the oven door slash lose the ash, the heat begins to escape. I guess it makes sense. Even though I didn't think of it that way. So I, that, that actually surprised me. So how did the myth that thinner ring gauge cigars start? And I have a theory on this. When we smoke a thinner ring gauge cigar and get past the band, the tube starts to heat up. And I did some, uh, I didn't go extensive on the testing, but I did some preliminary stuff and observed that on all the cigars that I smoked down to the nub, my fingers started burning sooner on the thinner ring gauges as I got down to the last inch or so. I tested the end the smoke was coming out of, and I hit 150 on the 44-ring Corona. I think it was Aladino. I hit 160 
on, that's the 44 ring. I hit 160 on the 40 ring. So 150 on the 44, 160 on the 40 ring. Which goes to my argument, the thinner, the more channeled. Okay. Now, I was starting to actually burn my fingers at that point, so I had to put it down. On the 50 ring gauge at about the same spot, an inch left or so, I was at 130. And my, it was just starting to heat up, but it was totally bearable. And I didn't smoke any 60 ring gauges or 70 ring gauges down that far. I just, I don't know. I don't do it. Um, so my dad is not completely complete there. Uh, I will say I like to steam my cold brew. I, I make cold brew at home. And when I heat it up, I use a thermometer. And I like it to be between 130 and 140. And in doing some research about the temperature that your mouth can handle... I came across a study that came out in 2008 by the U.S. National Library of Medicine and the National Institute of Health, uh, NIH. The optimal temperature to enjoy a hot beverage is 136 degrees Fahrenheit without posing a scalding or burn hazard. So this was uh, 2008. Wasn't there some lawsuits about people burning themselves with coffee around Yeah, there? I think McDonald's was sued, if memory serves me correct. That might have been in the 90s. Okay. But either way, right. so they, they wanted to do this study to see what the uh, temperature would be for the most flavor that you could get out of your hot beverage mm -hmm. and the least amount of risk to your mouth. So, so what I got out of this is 136 is optimal, and you want Sean to serve Barry something at 212. Correct. Okay. Because I want him to test his little straw theory where if he's pulling through a bigger straw, it'll be cooler. Well, but, but you answered that. You answered that in your your second part of your your test here. The forty ring gauge burned at like one forty, and the forty two and the forty four burned at one thirty. So it's the perception. While the actual ember itself might burn hotter on a larger cigar, which makes sense because there's more combustible material, you're going to feel it more in your mouth when it's channeled. Only when you get down to the last inch. Because I was, I, I tested, and Ed Sullivan watched me. I, I was, and that's true. Nobody, playing with the stupid thermometer all day. But that's true. Nobody lights up a Lancero and goes, "Wow, this is hot." No, it's when it gets near the band when you get or near the, the last end, third. Exactly. Like this is all right. This is starting to burn hot. So if something it's not necessarily burning hot, but you're starting to feel it because it's channeled in a narrow passage. If seven eighths of the cigar burns at eighty degrees in your mouth, and then the last inch hits 160 you 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 cannot argue that that cigar burned hotter than no, the other it, cigar. but it's the perception of mouth of the last inch yeah but okay so let me give the, you my perspective the voice of this. reason and the voice of god typically, the one and only ed sullivan typically i strive to keep the lid end out of my mouth <laughs> <laughs> so the the lid end is of no consequence to me What's of consequence <laughs> here, here. to me is the temperature of the smoke coming out. All right. And if you think about it, we, let's go back to your fires, shall we? Sure. What did you have, like three logs and pallets? and Three pallets, ten pallets. Three and ten pallets. Okay, so what if we take three pallets and it's generating smoke? Okay. And we run that smoke through a small diameter tube of four feet long and measure the temperature of the smoke coming out of there. Now we take the big pallet, bigger diameter, longer tube, maybe seven feet, right? So it's going to cool more as it goes through that tube. And I think you'll have a hotter smoke coming out of the smaller diameter uh, tube. Because you are closer to the fire. But if, in this case, that's not comparing apples to apples. 
in this case, all of the cigars, when they get down to about the one inch mark, one and a half mm-hmm. to one inches, I was starting to be able to get a reading higher than 86 degrees, which is, let's face it, it's roughly room temperature this time of year, right? So as, I'm, as that starts to burn hotter and I can get a reading, the thinner ring gauges were burning hotter for that last inch. But I don't think you could make the argument that thinner ring gauge cigars burn hotter because the other end isn't that hot. Or you, you could you, make the argument they generate hotter smoke yes. at the end. I think that you well, need to it, have the clarification of at the end. Yeah, I mean, for the example of the cigar, the temperature difference may be negligible from a perception standpoint until you get to the end of right. that cigar. So I think there's three factors at play. You have less tobacco in a thinner ring gauge cigar to absorb the moisture from your mouth. And also because the cigar is thinner, it any moisture that it does absorb is going to dry quicker, right? Um, you, the second factor is the distance of your fingers to the ember. A thicker cigar, your fingers are going to be further away from the ember. Therefore, your fingers themselves aren't going to heat up. And the third is how quickly can the whole cigar ignite back up? Even though it's thinner, there is much less, if none, of the Lajero tobaccos, thicker tobaccos, making it very easy and quick for the cigar to get up to full temperature. And since the mouth can't handle temperatures much higher than 140 degrees, the thinner cigar delivers a hotter smoke in that final inch with respect to what is going on in your mouth. And thus people think it burns hotter. And saying it burns hotter isn't properly isn't probably the best verbiage, but it does create a hotter perception, which is probably the proper way to put it. Could be. Well, in any event, I remembered this time. That ding ding means it's time for the matchup of the week brought to you by VS. VS means versus, but it also stands for Victor Sinclair. Victor Sinclair Cigars, who would win this hypothetical matchup? It's the clash of the cribs as we pit Maggie Simpson versus Jack-Jack, who's the baby from the Incredibles movie. Maggie has better than average intelligence, even compared to an adult, and Jack-Jack has superpowers but is otherwise a regular baby. What's a superpower? I never saw the movie. Uh, he, he like explodes and goes up through the roof and he's like a super baby. He can fly. So Just who would win in a fight? In a battle, yeah. This one with superpowers. But he's just a baby. Doesn't matter. She has super high intellect. I guess if she puts him in a little tube and, and channels his heat, <laughs> then maybe. <laughs> but I'll take superpowers over super intelligence any day. Bizarro yeah. Superman is still stronger than the average Joe. And Bizarro <clears throat> Superman was dumb as a rock. This may seem harsh because you chose babies, but I hope they kill each other and we're just <laughs> done with both of them. That is quite A little harsh. harsh. It's, <laughs> it's on the harsh side. See, I would go with intelligence over strength. Any day. But that's just me. Well, if that's the case, why did the strong people beat up the smart people in school? Strength wins. Now, as an adult, it's reversed. Right. But as a kid, strength oh. is more important. Barry's making a point. Um, well, I wasn't the strong kid mm-hmm. as a kid, and uh, I didn't get beat up all that much because I was all that smarter. Much. Well, but you sometimes were, you did. You were, well, well, you were homeschooled, let's be honest here. <laughs> first and second grade, I was homeschooled. Uh, but I still would go out in the neighborhood, and uh, it wasn't until I got into grade school that I got into my first fight. 
I don't know. I think it's intelligence. How did you do? I won some, lost some. All right. It's pretty much a draw. Did get my nose broken once. Hmm. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> following message was submitted through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com. Greetings from the swamps of South Louisiana. I just wanted to let you know how much I enjoy the show. I've been an avid cigar smoker for three years and stumbled across the podcast three weeks ago. You guys have a great dynamic and always keep it interesting, except maybe this show. I feel like I always learn something about the inner workings of the industry, and this show has helped me understand how crucial brick and mortars are to the hobby. I, for one, have all but eliminated my purchase from the manufacturer-owned online stores in favor of my local brick and mortar. I have made one box purchase online since it was from two guys. The swag S you guys carry is the best deal in the business, and Barry's tasting notes are right on. Thanks again, guys. Signed, Luke. Thanks, Luke. From Louisiana. And, but I'll give you credit where credit due. Some of the shows in the past have been like monotone and drawn out and reading these soliloquies that I, I can't even freaking say. But this show has been better than shows in the past. I mean, we'll hear from Dave next week whether it was or wasn't. <laughs> We're going to hear from Dave in about five minutes after the show's over. Um, so what do we have for uh, some final thoughts on the Camacho Liberty? Ed, I'll let you go first. Age before beauty. Well, I, you know, I would put this one at the upper end of medium. Others might say it's stronger, but I think it's, it's got a good amount of complexity. And I don't tend to smoke a lot of Honduran tobacco anymore, so it's a nice change of pace for me. I have found myself leaning toward Honduran tobacco, uh, and I'm with you, Ed. This is a solid medium plus. There is uh, some sweetness in there from perhaps the blueberries. But uh, now that I'm into the second half, a little of a peppery component has picked up in the center of my palate. Uh, after the show today, I'm going to be reviewing the second cigar because it was part of the care package. Um, so you'll see that five minutes after the show ends. But well, I'm you gonna... can review fast. Well, I, <laughs> I cheat. I spoke it on Friday and it's again on the show on Saturday. And okay. Sometimes my notes don't even match, but that's beside the point. This is a cigar that deserves another review because I, it, it didn't score well the first time. And it's my argument that you can't smoke a cigar once, say it sucks, and then never go back to it again. So you're admitting you, that 89 sucks. 80, 89 was a rating that this cigar, the way it's smoking now, did not deserve. So, therefore, I'm going to revisit it again. I'm going to do a, 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 another review of it. And if it aged this well in three weeks, I'm curious to how it's going to age in two years. Hmm. So, and a lot of the aging, it might be just somebody, you know, maybe when they pack the boxes in the, in the factory, th the boxes might have still been a little bit, not wet, but might have still had a little bit of that aroma from the paint or, or what have you. Well, uh, I think that could be exacerbated by being in a UPS truck being that shipped could, to That us. could be too. Maybe a coffin cigar does deserve some time in the humidor before you do smoke it. But this is a cigar is a perfect argument of why you should not judge a cigar based on one experience. Well, and actually, I when I get coffin cigars, I take them out of the, co the coffin to store them in the humidor. You know, for me... That's more of a decorative element. Usually I'll put them aside in case I want to gift one to somebody, and then you can just pop it right back in the coffin. The ones from Usually, 2012, yes. the 
they were real cedar. I, I don't smell cedar on these coffins. Nah. The ones from 2012 and 2007, had, they were stored in real cedar coffins. And some of the ones from 2012, the, the cedar must have been cut down during a um, non-waning or non-waxing moon because they sapped. Yeah. And I got sap on the tissue paper and some of that got stuck. I don't know if it's safe to smoke cedar, but boy, was it delicious. <laughs> oh. Well, isn't maple syrup to a degree sap? Yeah, yes. to a large degree. Okay. But okay. there are plenty of trees that it, it would be toxic if you, like rubber trees, for example. You can't eat the rubber. But I agree. And I realize that, you know, the proper thing to do now is to save the environment. You don't want to knock down as many trees. A lot you can plant trees. Right. A lot of the cigar companies are beginning to reforest areas. Um, there is a shortage of wood in Nicaragua. I'm sure that shortage mm-hmm. exists in other countries like Honduras and even the Dominican Republic, which a lot of times the delay of the product hitting the shelf is due to the box box factories not being able to get the boxes done enough. Being that this is a throwback to 2005, I would have loved for them to use an actual cedar coffin instead of something that comes off as fabricated. And I think that's why the cigar does taste a little bit different from the 2005 because it doesn't have that incredibly rich cedar aroma. More so, Not so much the taste, but the Liberties in the past had an incredible aroma. True. And this is, the aroma is missing, but the flavors are spot on. I, don't, I never smoked the one from 2005. I'm more, at the time, I was a Connecticut Shade guy, I've, although I've gotten a little more away from the Connecticut Shade stuff. Now that I'm smoking slower, I don't know. This this isn't a home run for me, but if I was rating it, I'd probably come in 89, 90. It's, it's good. Which was my original rating. Now yeah. I'm giving it maybe 91, bordering on 92. I, I still got uh, a little bit less than half. Um, Do you- we're going to go to a different cigar in the next hour, so I probably won't be able to get to smoke this through the end. But depending on how that last third goes it would either go back down to a 91 or go up to a 92 because it's at 91 and a half right now how um do you think your fanboys are going to take you re-rating a cigar is it going to be acceptable to them yeah i mean a lot of people are are, a redux review or whatever is usually a year later or what have you um but i think going out and re-reviewing it and saying why you're re-reviewing it because your your words might have been a little unfair the first time through and I think it's a fair point. These are handmade products. You're mm-hmm. not necessarily going to get 100% consistency. You want a, a cigar mm-hmm. that approaches that, but, you know, stuff happens. Stuff does so happen. So sometimes, you know, you just get one that isn't up to par with what the product line is. And a lot of times I'll smoke two or three, but when they're twenty one ninety nine each, <laughs> sometimes you just got to call it a day at the end of one. I'm with you there, buddy. I'm with you. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, you're on your way to your mother-in-law's. You and the wife have to take just one car. There is a way for you and your wife to coexist in the car and for you to be smoking. All while while continuing to be married when the trip is over. I can't make your mother-in-law suck any less, but I can help make the trip there and back better for you from now on. We're live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire in the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. And you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network.
Stepping into the aging room has a new meaning at Aging Room Cigars, as Rafael Nodal has traveled to Spain, where the idea for Aging Room Solera was born. The Solera method of aging has been used for centuries in the making of wine, sherry, brandy, and rum. The method mixes different vintages, allowing them to age together. For Aging Room Solera, Rafael takes several tobacco vintages and puts them in bales, where they age together for another 12 to 18 months. This allows the tobaccos to marry for a longer period of time. At the end of the aging process, Aging Room Solera becomes a balanced and complex cigar with a fantastic price point. Aging Room Solera, it will have you calling for an encore. In a time where humidors are overflowing and retailers' shelves are on the verge of buckling, there is one brand that stands out amongst the rest. Sereno Cigar Company offers four distinct blends. The Connecticut, the Medio, Maduro, and Maduro XX. All aged to perfection. Crafted at the La Corona Cigar Factory in Esteli, Nicaragua, each artfully crafted blend comes to life by the experienced hands of master blender Omar Gonzalez Aleman and industry veteran Anthony Sereno. To create this masterpiece, a combination of hand-selected filler tobaccos from the fertile soils of Esteli and Jalapa are aged for over five years and then draped with a luxurious wrapper leaf to bring you an endlessly complex and majestic experience. A post-roll aging process of two additional years allows the blend to marry, creating unmistakable and ever-changing tasting notes that tantalize the palate, leaving you anticipating each and every drop. Visit SerenoCigars.com for a list of retailers, and you can always find Sereno Cigars available online at twoguyscigars.com. Sereno, a majestic cigar aged to perfection. You've heard us talking before about the best cigar magazine in the world, Cigar Journal. You want to know what makes Cigar Journal the best cigar magazine? Cigar Journal covers every angle of the cigar world. From exclusive stories and features, insightful interviews with industry power players, detailed cigar reviews, and of course, all the latest news and reports surrounding premium cigars. We're telling you, you will be impressed. Cigar Journal has stunning images, explanations of cigar science basics. This is the magazine for any cigar enthusiast. Or better yet, Passionado. Cigar Journal covers cigars in the U.S. and around the world and is printed right here in the USA. You owe it to yourself to discover the world's best cigar magazine, Cigar Journal. Available at your local cigar retailer and on the web at their new website, CigarJournal.com. That's CigarJournal.com. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Let me tell you a little bit about the Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary Cigar, or what they call the Three-Peat. Crafted in Rocky's boutique Nicaraguan factory, the 15th anniversary was released in 2010 to commemorate Rocky Patel's 15th year in the cigar industry, and it impressed right out of the gate. The Robusto and the Torpedo both scored 93 points in Cigar Aficionado, while the Toro and Corona Gorda both notched 92 points. The Rocky Patel 15th anniversary is a robust cigar with notes of toasted spice, roasted coffee, and almonds. Rocky Patel himself has referred to his 15th anniversary as the decade on steroids. The 15th anniversary has also been named to Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of the Year list on three separate occasions. Rocky's only brand to accomplish the three-peat. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. 
Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. The La Galera Habano uses a classic wrapper on a staple cigar for a classy company. Hi there, this is David Garofalo of the Cigar Authority, and I want, no, no, I need to tell you about La Galera Habano. The La Galera Habano is an authentic cigar elaborated with the hands of the best cigar rollers of Tabacalera Palma in the Dominican Republic. Blended around an outstanding, flavorful Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, the Dominican-grown Corojo binder, and the filler made up of Peloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and Peloto Oro, creating a medium to full-bodied, attractively consistent, and aromatic smoke that envies no other. I love this cigar. Have you tried La Galera Habano yet? Well, what are you waiting for? Available at Better Cigar Shops worldwide is La Galera Habano. The wait is over. La Galera Habano. Justo and his father, Julio Eiroa, are continuing the tradition of growing authentic Corojo and now bring you Aladino. Aladino is a true old-fashioned cigar, pure authentic Corojo grown in the Eiroa tobacco farms in Honduras from the original Cuban seed of Corojo. An Aladino cigar represents the golden era of cigars in Cuba, and after one light, this old-school smoke will bring you back. Aladino cigars come from JRE Tobacco, a family center company who manage all aspects of cigar growing and manufacturing. This crop-to-shop operation is fully committed to providing you with quality and satisfaction. The premier Corojo grower in the entire cigar industry is Julio Eiroa, a tobacco grower and master cigar blender who personally guarantees that Aladino will provide you the opportunity to enjoy the true authentic Corojo taste. Take this journey and be part of history in a cigar smoking experience like no other. Aladino. This is good smoke. This is the Cigar Authority. Smoke a cigar? Sure. The authority on everything cigar, in and out of the cigar industry. You'll get nothing and like it. With your host. You smoke vile cigars all day. David Garofalo. Oh, that's fine as long as you're imported. Mr. Jonathan. You should have caught me before my operation. Barry Stein. I never drink. Why? And Ed Sullivan. Might even lend you my lighter. So it's time to... Light them up. Mm -hmm. Good. The Cigar Authority is here. You have finally done the show about nothing. And we really have done the show about nothing. We're back with our number two broadcasting live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. I'm out. There is a way to smoke in your car while driving with a non-smoker without pissing them off. I've done the experiments and I have the answer in this hour. Welcome back, everyone, to the Cigar Authority. Oh, great. More experiments. You're listening to the Cigar Authority now in its ninth year, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast. Awarded the Ambassadors of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine. Awarded the Top 10 Educational Podcast by Podbean four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world, cigar radio at its finest. The Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network, and you can catch the podcast on demand anytime or our daily blog at thecigarauthority.com. You really are Ron Burgundy. <laughs> what I should have done, knowing that you were going to do the read on that, is either done it myself or put the punctuation in. It's like you never listen when I do it. I'm putting my own spin on it. Yeah, spin. Uh, so we're drinking for coffee. So a little background on this. 
we started a new podcast with Katie Boyd this week, uh, last week rather, called Ambitious. And she is a former, I believe, Miss New Hampshire. She's definitely a pageant winner of some kind. Yes, she definitely is. Uh, Very pretty. And she had done the pageant circuit her entire life and used to be uh, on the sick side of skinny and starved herself all the time. And now she is encouraging women and men to not only lose weight, but to lose weight, be healthy, have a healthy image of themselves. And one of the things that she recommends, and she had worked things out with Sean the barista, to have this bulletproof coffee. And she has an absolutely breathtaking hiney. She does have a... Uh, Ron Burgundy quote. That's a <laughs> 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 she's, the, uh, she's well endowed in the, in the backside area. She's good. Uh, anyways, I never really looked, so I'll take your word for it. <laughs> no, she's, she has it going on. Um, so bulletproof coffee is regular black coffee, and you mix in a pad of unsalted, high-fat content butter, and you also mix in um, the coconut oil, which could also be—I want to say CBD, but that's the pot stuff, MTC oil, uh, which is basically super refined coconut oil. And what happens is the caffeine kicks in naturally, and you get a little buzz from that. And as the caffeine starts to dwindle, the coconut oil or MCT oil kicks in, and your body burns that as a fuel. And when that runs out, now your body starts to burn the butter fat. So you get a solid hour of energy out of a Bulletproof coffee. It's something that she recommends. So, uh, so we, we should last to the end of the show now. Without any issue. Great. Energy-wise, assuming that we drank it all at once, because if you drink it very slowly, the temperature goes up somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All right. So we're going to smoke something for this hour here. This looks like uh, an Oliva Serie O. Yes. How astute of you. Our second cigar today is the Oliva O Toro. It's manufactured in Nicaragua by Oliva Cigars. The size is a 6x50 Toro, and it features a Nicaraguan Habano sun-grown wrapper over binder and fillers consisting of Nicaraguan Habano. It is part of the Cigar Authority care package, and a single cigar will set you back $7.29, or a box of 20 is just $1.19.99, which is a savings of almost $26, or 18% off the box price on TwoGuysCigars.com. If you're too far away from a brick-and-mortar retailer that carries it, try TwoGuysCigars.com. That's the number two, GuysCigars.com. All right. And it's time to cut our cigar. And the official cutting is brought to you by <coughs> Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand that while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellent. I don't want you to feel like you have to cut along with me or anything, Barrons. Well, I cut so I could tell everybody about this great lighter from Vertigo. Can we get a little cold drawer on this bad, Larry, before you jump ahead? Sorry. We got a whole long. hour we got to fill. I was a little <laughs> premature. Truly, I'm playing the role of Jonathan. I've heard you're very premature at times. Especially with my ashulation. Pumpkin seeds. Uh. <laughs> Well, you don't want to admit them, right? Hey, there's pumpkin seeds. <laughs> it's friggin' pumpkin I'll seeds. I'll be here all week. No salt either. Tip your no salt, just 
pumpkin seeds almost right out of the pumpkin. Whoa. There's no toastiness, a little sweetness in there. I was trying to think of what's, you know, the, the, there's a, a leathery component, but it doesn't taste like leather, but it is that chewy. And then when you said pumpkin seeds, I'm like, ugh, I can't <laughs> believe you nailed it. Whatever. Well, I'm going to light this cigar that I nailed up with the Vertigo Glock. It features a single action, three jets lined up in a line, the patented Vertigo big-ass tank, a large adjustment wheel on the bottom for fine-tuning that flame, and it retails for just $14.99, and as an added bonus, it fits perfectly in your watch pocket. Also known as a coin pocket. Stuff coins in there. It's a great little lighter, man. Plastic body. I've flown with them. It's good. So, a little history on uh, a little science behind driving in the car. So, the way our cars are designed, they are basically a foil or a wing. And as the air, although the air outside the car, believe it or not, is still the car itself is moving, right? And the air on the inside of the car is moving along with the car. Before you get to that, did we say wait, we're drinking for coffee? Yes, it's bulletproof. <laughs> we talked about oh. Katie Boyd and her really? bum. Oh, yeah, that's right. We, we discussed it at some length, really. Yeah, it was not a small event that happened. <laughs> Maybe 10 minutes long? <laughs> I must have zoned out. You must have. You were thinking about how you were going to read the uh, show open. So, <clears throat> the foil, your car acts like a foil. So, as the air... As your car cuts through the air and the air comes over the windshield, you end up with this area of low pressure on the upper half of the driver's windows. The lower half of the driver's windows and both back windows, if you have four windows, are areas of high pressure. So that's something that you need to know as we go through this experiment, that if you were to roll the window all the way down, for example, in the front of the car, you end up creating a balance between the air that's rushing in the car and the air that's going out of the car in that same spot. So really what you end up doing is just pushing the smoke around the entire car. Some's going to get out. Creating a little bit of a tornado effect. A tornado. And some is going to stay in and it's going to blow all over the passenger. That's if you open the driver's window. If you open the passenger window, it has the same effect. that The passenger does get a little bit more fresh air blowing at their face, but the smoke is just moving its way around the car. So in order to move the smoke from one side of the car to the other, you need to capitalize on the high pressure zones and the low pressure zones. So contrary to popular belief, a lot of people believe, well, you should open the uh, kitty corner, the back rear window Which and is what I do. the front driver's window. And this will give you about a 75% effect. It's not terrible, but because you're opening the front window all the way, you're dealing with some high pressure in the front as well as in the back. So just keep in mind that your car is an airfoil as we go through the, the parts here. The best two ways to get smoke out of your car is if you have a sunroof or a drop top. And if you are a smoker of any sorts and you buy in a car and you don't buy a sunroof, you are doing yourself a huge injustice. Right. The like, the car I have now is the first time I've ever had a sunroof. As a smoker, I will never buy another car that does not have a sunroof. Well, and you, you end up in a position, maybe you already own the car, and, and if you're following uh, Ed Sullivan's life advice and not having a car payment, maybe the car that you 
had a car payment on, you decide you're going to drive for a long time and you have, you've had it for 10 years and now you become a cigar smoker and you didn't know you needed a sunroof, there's ways of getting the smoke out of the car. And, and I'm going to actually go over a way of getting the smoke smell out of the car uh, toward the end here. I, I think another important car buying tip for the cigar smoker is look at the color of the headliner. Do not buy a car with a light-colored headliner. <coughs> That's a good point. So when you, when you have a sunroof or you have a drop-top convertible, the, you're capitalizing on the fact that smoke rises. You still end up with some air eddies that create that vortex effect, but because smoke rises, it will rise its way out of the sunroof and out of the convertible, and it will affect your passenger very little, if at all. You follow me? Yes. Yep. And my scientific studies, which involve cleaning the inside of the windows, show me <laughs> that when I have the sunroof cracked, that is the filthiest in the car oh, in yeah. terms of the amount of gunk that you've got to remove. Yeah, my sunroof looks like it's tinted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so before I get into how to, how to manage the smoke, uh, we're going to find out what's up in the cigar world with our good friend, Barry Stein. It's time for What's, what's up? up in the Cigar World, brought to you by Recluse Cigars. You want to know what's up? Recluse Cigars is what's up. Voted the 2015 Cigar of the Year is the Recluse Amadeus Reserva Habano. Every Recluse Cigar goes through eight, count them, eight fermentation cycles over the course of two full years. They are box-pressed and rolled N2 bar for a perfect draw every time. If you haven't done it yet, be sure to try a Recluse Cigar today. And with the IPCPR trade show floor officially open and Dave wandering around, uh, last week we unveiled a lot of new cigars and one that escaped our list with a late announcement was the Jewish State Liga Pravada 10th Anniversary, which is available in two wrappers, both grown in Connecticut, with one being a Criolla wrapper and the other being a Corojo. Aganorsa Leaf has won a lawsuit versus Canadian-based company over the use of Mombacho. According to a ruling by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, Aganorsa has proven they have used the name on production, denying Mombacho Cigars' motion to dismiss their trademark. On Monday, Las Vegas, home of the 2018 IPCPR, suffered a power outage in some spots due to torrential rains that battered the area. The power outage caused Day 5 of the World Series of Poker to be cut short. And lastly, a good friend in the chat room who goes by the name of Chubno. His name is Michael Howe. He's done the uh, coasters that you see here on our set. He finished a new music project called Broken, and you can check that out for free at www.mhworshipmusic.com, and uh, I was pretty impressed by that. I have to say, uh, I'm, uh, I don't like to use the word nervous, because I, I wasn't nervous, but you get, I get a lot of solicitation from people in, on Facebook, on Messenger, that's sending you something, they're trying to sell you something, and hmm. I try to be polite, and I'll check stuff out. Right. If I like it, I'll buy it, but... So when he sent this to me and I saw the website, Worship, I'm thinking this is going to be some of that old school, really kind of drawn out, mellow church music. And he's got some upbeat tracks on there. It was very uplifting. Very well produced. The message is great. Yeah. Even if you're not, uh, listen, I'm not religious, so to speak. I'm spiritual, but yeah. uh, I, I was really digging on it. And as I was playing it, my wife came over and said, hey, what's that? So 
And it's funny, there's a picture of Michael on the website, and you would never expect his voice to sound the way it does based on his picture. And that's What's Up in the Cigar World. What's Up in the Cigar World was brought to you by Recluse Cigars. The Recluse Amadeus Habano Reserva uses grade-A Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, a San Andreas binder, a Dominican Lajero Seco, and Pennsylvanian Broadleaf filler tobaccos, which create a blend we call the Cigar of the Year. Recluse Cigars is What's Up? You know, you put a straw hat on him with that mustache, a red and white pinstripe coat. He looks like he should be in a barbershop quartet. But the guy can sing, even as a soloist. Well, people in a barbershop quartet (laughs) typically can sing. They harmonize. Which is a form of singing. It's different. It's definitely different. Sometimes the hairs you choose to split just baffle me. They just baffle me, Barry. Hey, look, Ringo Starr wasn't a great singer, but he was able to harmonize with the Beatles. There is a difference. Okay, moving right along. Calendar of upcoming events. We've got July 21st. Dave is back from the IPCPR, and we're going to have Thank God. Cigar Surgeon uh, from Canada. He's good friends with Rudy, I believe. Uh, John McTavish will be smoking the 2283 Robusto. Like Prince, formerly from known as John Reiner. What is with that, the, the name change? Because it kind of threw me for a loop. Yeah, we can ask him about it. All I know right. it has something to do with his marriage. All right. Uh, July 28th, we're going to be smoking uh, the Villager from the Care Package. We have uh, August 4th, Toscano with Michael Campanelli. And uh, something about Surgeon General warnings on August 11th. I don't know exactly. Well, that was the date that the Surgeon Warning learned, uh was supposed to go in effect the day before. Okay. Uh, but there has been a delay a that we announced of, last week, yep. a stay of ex- execution. So maybe we're not talking about Surgeon General warnings. So that, that show might change. All right. Fair enough. So that's that. A uh, couple of events that are coming up. We do have the cigars and guitars. There's some tickets available for that. That'll be Friday, September 28th. And it is Jason Land, the founder of Guitar Ninjas, for $59.00. Uh, includes two cigars and all access passes to the Guitar Ninja online lesson course. So he'll be here for three hours and he's going to teach us how to play a blues song while we're smoking cigars and playing the guitar. And uh, pretty close to being sold out is the Cigar Dinner Under the Stars at the Tuscan Kitchen. I know not all of our listeners are local, but if you uh, live in the Salem area, uh, Boston North, Wednesday, July 25th, from 6 to 9 p.m. for $65. We're going to be eating uh, at the Tuscan Kitchen, which, just so everybody knows, you cannot get a meal there for $65, let alone get four cigars and participate in a raffle. And the amount of food they give is well worth the $65, even on, like, general standards. And we have a special guest Oliver from United Cigar. Will the duck be be there? I don't know if the duck is going to be there, but I know Oliver will. All right. So let's say you have four windows in your car. And again, your your car is an airfoil, so your low pressure is going to be at the upper half of the driver and the passenger side windows. The high pressure is going to be behind you in the rear windows. So the optimal way to move the smoke through the car is to pop both back windows open. Now you've got a lot of air coming in and you crack the driver's side window by about three inches and that keeps you in the low pressure zone. So essentially the air is going to be sucked out through the front window. And so to illustrate how that works, the there's this thing called the Venturi effect, 
and that is the effect of when you get a choke point between two areas, high pressure, low pressure, doesn't matter, but as liquid is flowing through or air is flowing through, there is no added pressure at the choke point, meaning air coming in is going to equal the air going out. You're not going to create extra pressure there. So your choke point in this case is going to be the front window being three inches open. The air coming from the back is going to rush into the car and blow right through that window, no problem, and it clears the cabin completely of smoke. And believe it or not, my wife and I did a video, which we're going to show you guys uh, in the next segment, and it illustrates it perfectly, and she has her own little color commentary now, about how that all works. Jonathan, a question for you. Sure. Am I better off with one of those old cars where the rear windows go all the way down? Because in the new cars, you know, they don't go all the way down. It, the pressure difference between the top of the window in the back and the bottom of the window in the back <coughs> is negligible. The back windows are both areas of high pressure. So you're better off just popping them as open as they can be, right. and you'll end up pushing the air through. Um, another example of this is a garden hose. If you were to take a garden hose, and let's say you're running a standard house pressure would be about five gallons a minute. So in one minute, you could fill up a Home Depot bucket, right? Mm -hmm. If you were to put your finger over the end of the hose and create a jet stream, mm -hmm. you're going to still fill the bucket up in the same amount of time. The liquid is going to run through that hose at the same amount of time because there's only two things that could happen. You could make the hose fill up mm -hmm. and expand, but the hoses are hard rubber. It's not going to expand much. And so they, the water is going to just push by your thumb and go right into the bucket at the same rate of speed. And that's exactly what we're doing in the car. We're pushing the air through the car from the back to the front, all at the same rate, and pulling the smoke out with it. All right. It's now time for the Raphael, Don Raphael, Offer of the Day. It's time to hear the Don Raphael Offer of the Day, brought to you by Don Raphael Cigars. Everyone's got a price. Would you do this? And if so, for how much? The offer on the table, gentlemen, is $250,000. Your quarter, money or Dave's money? That's a quarter of a million dollars. This is being financed by a, a, a large company. The check is not going to bounce. Okay. You're going to get one of those giant checks. You'll be able to walk right in the bank and walk out with cash if you want. No taxes either. You get into a pit with an Indian cobra. You piss him off until he bites you. As soon as the bite has been confirmed, you'll be pulled out and given the anti-venom. This, this highly venomous snake ranks ninth on the list of most deadly snakes in the world. It feeds on rodents, lizards, and frogs. As well as biting, the Indian cobra can attack or defend itself from a distance by spitting venom, which if it enters your eyes will cause severe pain. After a bite, a victim would typically die within nine, uh, 30 minutes. Okay but 30 minutes isn't going to go by. As soon as the bite's confirmed, you're yanked out of the pit, given the anti-venom. Does the anti-venom work all the time? As far as my research is concerned, yes, it does. Now, sure. who's administering? Is it a medical doctor? Is it somebody who's done this before? The snake will be administering the bite. Yeah, but the anti-venom, who's administering that? Uh, let's go with a medical professional All right. who has done it before. Could this be the first time you'd be in, Ed Sullivan? No, I'm out. Okay. <laughs> I mean, at, I didn't want to ruin at, your perfect at record. A at a different point in my life, I probably would have said yes to that. But to me, it's a no-brainer because it takes 30 minutes to kill you, but the anti-venom is going to be given to you like in 60 seconds or less. So yeah, it's a no-brainer. 
Okay. Unless there's something you're hiding from us. <laughs> there's nothing that I'm hiding. The, the one danger is that the cobra, you don't piss him off correctly, and he just spits at you, and it goes in your eyes. It's going to be very painful. You don't get the anti-venom in your eyes. You have to get bit by him. So you walk him right up and just kick him in the face, and maybe he bites you. I'm in. All right. I'm proud of you. It's an easy one. All right. What do we have for early thoughts on our Oliva O, uh, the Siri O? I'm getting a lot of cedar notes, some nuttiness, and there's a faint hint of vanilla extract. I don't know about... <coughs> I'm with you on the vanilla. I don't know about vanilla extract because that tends to be a little alcohol-y. But I've drank enough alcohol that I could tell. There is, uh, there is a subtle note of vanilla. And kind of the cedar that I was hoping for from the Camacho, the Camacho is, is present in the Siri O. You know what bothers me? I don't like when people mispronounce it and pronounce it Olivia. No. It's Oliva. <laughs> and I don't like when people add the S. It is not Siri's O. Mm -hmm. It is Siri O. Siri like your phone. Siri O. I would say a very high percentage of the people who come into the store... Ask for the Olivia cigar. Yeah, if you're gonna, if it's a cigar that you like, you should learn how to pronounce the name. What about Oliver? Have they ever asked you for Oliver? No. Uh, one person did, but he was looking for Oliver Nouveau <laughs> from United Cigar, and I had to let him know that he was not here. As usual. Right. I mean, this cigar has been on the market for like 15, 16 years. Yeah, it's withstood the test of time. It's it's reasonably priced. It's Nicaraguan. It was Nicaraguan before Nicaragua was hot. And it's different yeah. from today's Nicaraguan cigars. Like Nicaraguan cigars today are spicy, bold, in your face. This is a little milder. This is milder, in flavor. balanced, smooth. I'd put it at a solid medium as yeah. far as the strength goes. Pretty approachable by any smoker. Yeah, five on a scale of ten. And I think over time it's been remarkably consistent. And yeah. flavor's probably around a six or a seven. There's enough going on there that it keeps you engaged. It's definitely not a boring stick, and I think it's it's somebody that it's something that everyone should smoke at some point. It's worth it, for sure. I All concur. Right. We're gonna take a break. Not everybody has a sunroof, a drop top, or even four windows, but there's a trick I learned from the monks of Mongolia that will make it so you can smoke in the car with your wife and not end up in divorce court even if you drive a Geo Metro. We'll dig into that, take a peek into the Asylum, plus the classic three-way with a special guest. We're live from Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Let's talk a little about Rough Rider cigars. So here is where the motorcycle culture meets Cigar Nation. This badass-looking cigar uses the name Rough, but delivers a smooth as silk ride each and every time. Even before lighting one, you can't help but notice it's sweet-like honey flavor. Smooth and creamy, resembling slightly sweetened butter. Outstanding! The Rough Rider Cigar is so beautiful in so many ways. We're talking a premium cigar, imported, long filler cigar, but wait till you hear the price. Every cigar is in the $3 price range, that's right. Even the Churchill in the 6x60, every cigar is in the $3 price range. Rough Rider Cigars, there's nothing rough about Rough Rider except the name. 
Rough Rider Cigars. The following message is brought to you by Drew Estate. Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars in the new Drew Diplomat app. Join me, Barry Stein, from the Cigar Authority on Drew Diplomat. As you know, I am quite partial to Liga Pavada Number 9 from Drew Estate. So join me for a Liga and share your experience with Drew Estate. And while you're at it, don't forget to check into Two Guys Smoke Shop on the Drew Diplomat app. Drew Diplomat is now available for the iPhone and Android. To learn more about Drew Diplomat, visit DrewDiplomat.com. That's DrewDiplomat.com. You must be at least 21 years of age or older and a resident of the United States, including D.C. To be eligible for membership in this program, other terms and conditions apply. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Since 1903, when La Aurora Cigars first opened their doors as the first cigar factory of the Dominican Republic, they have defined Dominican cigar manufacturing. Now, La Aurora continues that innovation with La Aurora Dominican DNA, featuring an exceptional blend whose soul is the Anduyo. La Aurora pays tribute to the oldest Dominican tobacco process with a cigar that features tobacco that is part of their heritage and their DNA. The La Aurora DNA features this hard-to-work tobacco that brings the unique characteristics of strength, inspiring aroma and sweetness that creates an exceptional smoking experience that only La Aurora can bring you. Experience La Aurora Dominican DNA with its Cibao Valley Dominican wrapper, an authentic Cameron binder from Africa with fillers from the Dominican Republic, Pennsylvania, Nicaragua and Anduyo. Available at top retailers like twoguyscigars.com and is distributed in the United States by Miami Cigar and Company. It's time to light that cigar and stay tuned. The Cigar Authority will be right back on the United Podcast Network. Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez. What the hell are you doing? writing a commercial for Jose Dominguez. Well, what you should be doing is talking about how good they are. That Jose Dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people, but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake, Jose Dominguez. Not singing a song, if that's what you think you're doing. What I am doing is creating what is known as a donut. Hey, nobody's going to take away your donuts. No, a donut in a commercial is when it starts with a jingle and then the information comes in and then ends with the song again. The information is the filling of the donut. Why does everything you talk about have to center around food and usually donuts? I don't know. Listen, Jose Dominguez cigars come in four great sizes and two wrappers. The mild, buttery, smooth, natural, and the slightly bolder Maduro. And every cigar is about $5. You know as well as I do, Dave, Jose Dominguez is no $5 cigar. It's worth so much more, it's a sensational value. Okay, here's the end of the donut. You ready? Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. Legendary brand opens a new chapter in its storied history with the H. Upman by A.J. Fernandez. The nearly 175-year-old H. Upman brand in collaboration with storied cigar maker A.J. Fernandez bring a medium to full-bodied, sweetly balanced, and yet complex smoking experience. Boasting an Ecuador Sumatra wrapper, 
This cigar produces incredible aromas and nuances of sweet spices. Today, almost 175 years later, the legacy of H. Upman lives on a brand new take on an age-old brand. Handcrafted in Esteli, Nicaragua by Cigar Master A.J. Fernandez. Available in four sizes, priced under $9. A legendary brand opens a new chapter in its storied history with the H. Upman by A.J. Fernandez. Bubbles, bubbles. I'm J.R. Dominguez. Thank you for listening to the Cigar Authority. And we are back broadcasting live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. And we're smoking the Oliva Siri O. See, I'm saying it like that because just like every other show, and I pick on Dave for it, but I have the wrong friggin' notes. I know. I saw it when you gave it to me this morning. The notes, that is. Don't... Uh, don't be afraid to let me know next time, Barons. Yeah, we like to see how it'll turn out. Yeah, yes. I guess. So um, we have with us Sean the Barista, who uh, in just a few moments is going to be sitting in on the classic three-way. What say you, Sean? What's up, Cigar Authority? Thanks for having me. Thanks so, for coming in, some, stepping in at such short <laughs> notice. It is my pleasure. Something tells me this isn't your first three-way. Hey. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, so the last, the last uh, little piece of the puzzle here, if you don't have four doors, you don't have a sunroof, you don't have a drop top. I know it's not mine. The, uh, <laughs> there is a way to get the smoke to move through your car, and the key is that the driver's side, I'm assuming that the driver of the car is smoking. It would work the opposite if the passenger was smoking. But you're probably not going to be a smoking passenger in someone else's car who doesn't smoke. Correct. So you want to move the smoke out of the car. You crack the window on the driver's side three inches. Now you're in the low-pressure zone. You open the passenger's window all the way. That opens up the high-pressure zone. And now the air will push its way from the right side of the car to the left side and push the smoke out. And now you'll be able to do it now. So, Some so people, Sean, is three inches enough, or do you think it needs more? <laughs> He's never coming on the show again, and it's your fault. He might never be my friend again after this. <laughs> he already unfriended you on Facebook. I saw that. Uh, You're not funny. <laughs> you suck. It's true. It's true. Um, so there is a product on the market called Smoke Odor, Smoker's Odor Eliminator. And I'm going to turn the camera here, Ed Sullivan. And we'll get a little product shot there. This is, not Barry, but this <laughs> product is the best product on the market. It's called Smoker's Odor Eliminator. And if you're listening on the podcast, Smoker's <coughs> is uh, the S with the apostrophe afterwards. Smoker's Odor Eliminator. So that's plural possessive is what you're saying. That is correct. Thank you. So you can find this on twoguyscigars.com. You can. If you click the accessories page, it's on page two of the accessories page. Now, these are always on special. You certainly can buy one for $9.99, but you can, you can get uh, buy two, get one free, or if you like to think of it as three for $20, however you want to think of it. I don't know which one works better for you, but you either get one free, free or for me. you buy three for 20 it actually works. I would, I, when I first started working here, I thought it was a gimmick, but I threw one in the back of my car, and it actually works. So the trick to this, it, it's kind of a pungent aroma. It's a little on the citronella side. So you don't want to just crack the lid wide open and peel the foil off all the way. 
I use a hole punch or I'll take my knife and put a couple of hash marks in the lid. You peel the foil off, you put the lid back on, and now it's very, very slowly going to emit that odor. And it'll last longer that way, it too. It lasts longer, but it also, it'll, it'll very, very subtly remove the smoke odor out of your car, making it so that your wife will ride in your car when you hmm. need her to. All right. Speaking of your wife riding in your car. Speaking of my wife riding in my car. So my wife and I put some of these theories to the test, and we made a quick little video. Uh, I'm sorry for the folks listening on the podcast. At some point, we're putting our seatbelts on. You can hear the clicking, but there isn't a lot going on there. But the information is solid. So, uh, Ed Sullivan, if you could roll that video. This is Mr. Jonathan from the Cigar Authority, here to demonstrate the principles behind moving smoke from the non-smoking side of the car to the smoking side of the car. And here to assist me, my lovely wife, Deborah Monk, host of the Writer's Block podcast and author of Well-Behaved Woman, Coming Undone. The first thing that we need in order to make this video work is we're gonna have to fill the cabin with a little bit of smoke. You don't mind if I smoke, do you? I don't remember agreeing to this. Here we are putting our seatbelts on for safety. It's important, Barry. It's like you're approaching the first tee. <laughs> now that we have a little bit of smoke in the cabin, what we're gonna do is we're gonna see if we can get the smoke to move. So right now, all the windows are closed. How do you feel right now? This sucks. If I open up just one window on my wife's side, yeah, she's gonna get a little bit of air, but all she's doing right now on her side is the air that's coming in is being balanced by the air that's going out. How's the smoke on your side, baby? This sucks. Okay, we'll try something different. Now, if I open just the window on my side and puff away, a good portion of the smoke is gonna go out the window because as it rises, it kind of gets caught up in that eddy. But I have a suspicion that there's enough smoking going over to her side. How is it? This sucks. Now, if I want to create the Venturi effect, I'm going to bring the window on my side to about three inches, and I'm going to pop the window open on her side. So what this does is it allows a lot of fresh air to come in, and because there's a place for it to go out, I'm creating a bit of a jet stream through my car, especially as I start to go faster. The smoke coming off the cigar in the middle of the cabin and the smoke that comes out of my mouth when I puff all blows across me and out the window. Way better. This is better. This doesn't suck. Okay, so not all cars have four windows, but if you do, this is the ultimate configuration. Because of the way that your car is built, it's a little bit like an airfoil or a wing, putting the greatest pressure potential in the back of the car. So if you have both back windows open and that front window cracked just a little bit, all of the smoke gets pushed through that window. What do you think, baby? This doesn't suck. You heard it here first. I don't suck. First of all, we all do respect. Your wife's credibility is out the window because we all know you suck. You, just because you say with all due respect does not mean you can say anything you want after that. No, 
and it's okay. I, I think you can. You know, at the, <laughs> at the old school Irish wakes, you got to say whatever you wanted about the deceased as long as you say, God rest his soul. So you could say he was the most miserable SOB on the planet. God rest his soul. And then it's okay. Sounds okay to me. I still take offense. All right. Without further ado, it's time to take a peek into the asylum with our friends at Asylum Cigars. They're coming to take me away, ha-ha, they're coming to take me away, ho-ho, hee-hee, ha-ha, to the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time, and I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats, and they're coming to take me away, ha-ha! It's time for news from the Insane Asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true? Or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars, Take No Prisoners. Asylum Cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4x44 to the absolutely insane 8x80 Asylum Cigars. A family of a teenager killed in a shooting in the Florida area of New Orleans last month honored him at his wake with some of his favorite activities. Renard Matthews, 17, was killed on June 26, and he loved to play video games and cheer for the Boston Celtics. During his wake at the Chabernet Funeral Home in Tremie, Matthews' family chose to remember him with what he loved most. He was dressed in a Celtics jersey, playing NBA 2K on an Xbox with his favorite snacks and chair. Despite being as stiff as a board, he was unable to draw a charge and was still called for a defensive foul against LeBron James. And that's not only insane, it's asylum. They're coming to take me Something away, ha ha. Deeply wrong with you. Yes, there is. I've heard of this, though. Hey, it was all over the uh, interwebs this week. Right. I, I think it's become a thing, this yeah. staging. Yes. As they you call show up it. And maybe um, the deceased is playing golf or something like that. Exactly. I'm uh, a little bit disturbed by it, but also, uh, listen, if this is how the person lived their life, and this is how you want to honor them, I think uh, more power to you. I, I think you're disturbed and yet intrigued. I don't know if intrigued is the right word, Ed Sullivan. I believe there may be a whole website that shows you some of this. If you care to go to it, check Barry's browser history for more information. Yeah. All right. It's time for the Classic 3-Way, brought to you by Classic Cigars. You've heard of epic rap battles. But now it's time for the epic battle. Wow. It's kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. For this day. Tell anyone about this, I'll kill you. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. In classic history. Here's looking at you, kid. Brought to you by Classic Cigars. Nervous? Yes. All classic cigars are handmade and imported from the Dominican Republic, and every cigar is priced under, get this, under $3 per cigar. You like that, baby? Let him know where I came from, yeah! Choose any blend, including the classic Connecticut for its mild and smooth taste, the classic Maduro for its bold and spicy flavor, or the classic Cuban for its sweet, sun-grown, and nutty overtones. That's Undertones, you idiot! Whichever classic you choose, it's a classic cigar. Available at twoguyscigars.com. That's twoguyscigars.com. Celebrate today with a classic cigar. Now, uh, we recently celebrated Independence Day. So all of the people represented on the list were all born on the 4th of July. Starting with, uh, who's our champion? It's 
been so long since we played, I don't remember. Sean. I am the champion. All right. He plays along behind the coffee bar, and he always wins. Is he the one texting you the answers? Yes. Okay. So we have uh, Malia Obama, the oldest daughter of the 44th president of the United States, Barack Obama. Her mother was the first lady, Michelle Obama, and her sister, Shasha Obama. Sasha Obama. Yeah, not Shasha. Shasha. Born in Chicago, Illinois, on the 4th of July, Malia Obama. Oops. That was my pen. <laughs> Sean, you would be first. I'm going with 1999. And okay. I had 1998. And I had 1994. And Ed Sullivan will get two points with 1998. Sean was over now. by just one. Calvin Coolidge, the 30th president, uh, and was mostly remembered for being a man of few words, which earned him the nickname Silent Cal. Despite that he had held a record number of presidential press conferences for the time, totaling 520, he was a farmer, school teacher, and a local store clerk. He achieved national recognition for his handling of the Boston police strike. Born on the 4th of July, Calvin Coolidge. This would be Ed Sullivan going first. Uh, yeah, no idea. Let's go 1810. 1823. Go 1840. Uh, and 1840 is going to take the point there. It was 1872. Well, he looked older. Sean the Barista with a point. He's on the board. Barry Stein, goose egg. <laughs> it's the chair. Just, I just like saying that. Ed Sullivan is in the lead with two points. George Steinbrenner, entrepreneur and grumpy owner of the New York Yankees until his passing. He was known for his winning record and for developing greats. He was tough and went through management personnel quickly, changing managers 20 times during his first 23 seasons. He fired and rehired Billy Martin five times. Always portrayed in the sitcom Seinfeld by Larry David, he was in one episode of Seinfeld. Born on the 4th of July, what year, Barry Stein? 1921. Sean the Barista. 1914. All right. And I had 1917. Okay. He was born 1930, which gives Barry Stein one point. He's not now officially on the board. Bill Withers, American singer-songwriter known for the songs such as Ain't No Sunshine, which is my brother Sammy B's wedding song. Lean on Me, Lovely Day, and Just the Two of Us. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Born on the 4th of July, what year? Sean the Barista. 1924. All right, Ed Sullivan. 1939. 1930. All right, Ed Sullivan is over by just one, giving Barry Stein two points. Damn. It's now tied up. I do that a lot. That's why I always deduct two for my answer. <laughs> Like you're handing it right over to him. And this could be the last question. I do have one tiebreaker if I need it. You have one, one tiebreaker? That's how this game works. You oh, only get right. one tiebreaker. Rookie. Dave usually has three. <laughs> At least. Andrew Zimmerman, celebrity chef and co-host of Bizarre Foods, who has won several James Beard Awards, including Outstanding Personality. He spent a year as a homeless drug addict and thief from New York City and born on the 4th of July, Andrew Zimmern. Zimmerman. Sorry, Zimmerman. I forgot who goes. Uh, you just went 
One, two, three. It's Ed Sullivan's turn. Sean Nin the barista went first. 1954. 54 for Ed Sullivan, Barry Stein. Where did I write my answer? <laughs> Are you freaking kidding me right now? <laughs> you got one job. And it ain't digging ditches. 1960. I also wanted 1954, you so I'll go lower it. with that. 1954 is okay. Okay. You can have it. You can, have, you can both have the same answer. Barry Stein takes that one with uh, 1960. He was born in 1961. Well, he doesn't look good. That's why you deduct two, because I had 1962. I deducted two, 1960. <sighs> I and am the winner. Barry Stein is the I winner. I didn't know we could have the same answer. Yeah. You That's why you're supposed to write it down. That's what they say, you know, great minds thinking alike. I do not write it down because I am the most trustworthy person on the panel. <laughs> Agreed. Probably, yeah. You, <laughs> Probably. you are the most trusted person on the panel. Yeah. Whether or not you are trustworthy remains to be seen. We shall God find rest out. his soul. <laughs> okay. A following message was submitted through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com. And Dozer writes... The one and only world-renowned Mr. Jonathan. Just providing a slight update one month into my fast. I've switched to a 1.5 meal a day plan, having stock for lunch and a nice dinner. My weight loss is 17.8 pounds. <coughs> no sick feeling from cigars, even when smoking a Micarita firecracker at the end of my fast. I've had no issues. By the way, the best firecracker so far. Great work by Saka. I thank you guys for providing my entertainment on my Saturday cigars. The one and only Bull Dozer. You know, I, I was kind of scared when that started because he said one month into my fast. And I'm thinking, my God, he hasn't eaten in a month. <laughs> <laughs> Ed Sullivan, you're on the fasting plan now. I am. And what are you down weight-wise? Um, you know, I started just before vacation, and I guess I'm down eight pounds in less than a month. That's pretty good. I'm still on my seafood diet. <laughs> so following the uh, stack authority should be the diet authority, the way you speak of diets Ooh. all the time. Well, it's not so much diet as it is my lifestyle choice. This is how I live my life. I fast mm. for 16 hours a day, always. It's just how I do it. I couldn't even think to do that. Nope. Yeah, I mean, you can't I, afford I, to lose eight ounces even, Sean. <laughs> right. I'm all about the food. I'm going to have to start bringing snacks on Saturday. Oh, yeah. All right. Also submitted through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com. Gentlemen, I had a thought, which some could argue is a bad thing. But regardless, I was curious to see what you guys thought about it as well. With the popularity of large ring-gauge cigars... What is to stop a company from making a double Churchill-sized cigar? Something, say, 14 by 48. The industry thought the 70 and 80 ring gauges were ridiculous at first, but look at them now. Was this ever, or do you think they will ever make something like this? I know with the FDA it would be hard, but maybe if they had done it once before, it could make a comeback. Great job, as always. Signed, Alex. Well, there is that, that guy that has that, uh, like, 12-inch Lancero. Right. Was it Sam Perel or something along yep. those lines? And, you it, know, an A is is a fairly long cigar. Right, 9 by 47. Right. But it's hard to find a leaf. An outer wrapper leaf. That, that would be go for 14 inches because it has to be, probably has to be longer than 14 inches because of the circumference uh, figured in. Then there was the old, what was that, Puros India? The... The chief, chief, yeah. I mean, that was a bigger ring gauge, wasn't it? I don't recall. I thought yeah. it was 60 ring gauges, and it was 16 inches long. Yep. No. 
something along it those lines. Something along those lines, very much so. So it, it it has been done. And it used to come in a coffin. I mean, I think at that point, though, it puts you into the novelty category. Right. So I don't know if manufacturers are going to rush to that. And Well, they can't if they haven't made the size before. That's true. That is true. But at one time, the 70 ring gauge was thought of a novelty, and now it's a mainstay. True. <laughs> um, David Freeman writes, and this is interesting uh, because we still have uh, a little time between now and the extended date of July 25th to uh, go to SaveCigarCity.com and you could use their template or you could use your own words and write into the FDA about their ruling. Uh, and this gentleman, David, wrote, I'm an American adult as well as a parent of a high school age child. Being an adult, I enjoy premium cigars on a frequent basis. My personal use are for relaxation and celebration. I smoked cigarettes 20 years ago and I'm familiar with their addictive qualities as well as their health impacts and risks associated with them. I find no such connection between smoking premium cigars and cigarettes. Additionally, research has proven that premium cigars do not significantly increase my risk of mortality from their use. This was a strong consideration that I personally had before choosing to resume my use of premium cigars. The subject of my premium cigar use was a series of conversations with my high school-aged son. Though these discussions, through these discussions, he has relayed that e-cigarettes are the choice of most of his peers. They are choosing them because of their ease of hiding their usage. Some are still using traditional cigarettes, but none of these have been seen or have bragged about using premium cigars. I have talked with many of his peers, and they all confirm this observation of his with no prodding or leading by me in seeking the answers. The deeming ruling is an overreach by the FDA to incorporate all tobacco-based products under one umbrella when they are, in fact, significantly exclusive in production and use. I am arguing that the, that the FDA exempts premium cigars from their regulation and preserve the factories and manufacturers and packaging, as well as testing, that currently exists. Mr. Jonathan, please use this as, and, or other examples on the air, as well as the instructions on how they can submit their own submission. And then I will recant that you are full of fertilizer. <laughs> but Ed is still the man. Dave... Signed the Oki Show. I like him a lot. <laughs> no, I, th I think he he brings up a good point about the cigarettes. I used to smoke them as well. And if you just think about when you get off the airplane, there's a crowd that runs to smoke a cigarette. Nobody's running to light up a cigar <laughs> as soon as they get off. An yeah, airplane. people won't even go get their suitcases first. They gotta gotta oh, they have gotta, a cigarette. Yeah, they gotta find a place. They gotta get to the smoking yeah. section. But you can go to SaveCigarCity.com. And there's links there on how you can submit a letter to the FDA, um, thanks to our good friends at J.C. Newman. And that, and thanks to our good friend Barry Stein, the link has been fixed. It's up and running. I was able to jump on my phone and uh, submit live on the show last week. So what do we have for final so thoughts? Gonna, um, cigars remaining consistent. It's woody, nutty. Still getting a little bit of vanilla. Uh, but the nuttiness is definitely the focal point of the cigar at the halfway point. Could I make Barry the? Could I make an argument for Frito Lay corn chips? No, we we had a lengthy discussion though about how the the pads of dogs' paws smell like Frito's corn chips. And did you ever go back and smell your dog's paws? No. All right. I find that disgusting. But it's true. I don't sniff my dog 
at all ever. Just start to uh, Google, you know, I've, dog I've, paws free, and it's going to come up. People I did Google it. I did Google it, yeah. and it is uh, it a is thing. a thing. I don't sniff my dog or Google my dog. <laughs> but if you could, like a dog, would you sniff yourself? Mm-hmm. I'm going to move away from that. You do that for $250. <laughs> all right. Next week, Dave returns with information. Watch the Cigar Authority website for updates. Until then... You've been listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And Dave, I hope we did you proud. And if you've learned nothing more in the past two hours, remember, if you're smoking the Camacho Throwback 2005, or the Oliver Serio, keep the lit end out of your mouth. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.